Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Is that all the oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Fairmount Plus. The Team Never Quit podcast is sponsored by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal Credit Union, every day is Veterans Day. Learn more at NavyFederal.org slash veterans. All right, everybody, welcome back to the TNQ Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Luttrell. Every week, it's my job to fire you up, to ignite the legend inside of you, and to push you to your greatness. Join me every week as I take you into my briefing room with some of the most hard-charging people on the planet. They're going to show you how to embrace the suck of life, teach you the values of working your ass off, and charge through whatever life throws at you. This is the Team Never Quit Podcast. So buckle up, buttercup. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the podcast, the Team Never Quit podcast. You guys already know that because you subscribe, you follow, you share it with friends every week. We appreciate you guys for doing that. Let's kick this thing off. I like off the way you the... turned that into a funny. That was good, right? I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was Appreciate really it, man. I need that You're encouragement. Thank You're you. Welcome. Thank you. Hey, all right. Patreon question of the day for you guys. You're in an elaborate Ocean's Eleven style heist movie. Who do you recruit to be a part of your crew? Like a celebrity or just whoever oh. one or are we talking about all a whole crew, the whole crew, the whole crew, your whole your Isn't whole. Isn't it like squad. five people? There's like eleven five. of them. Fic- oh, 11? No. fictional <laughs> characters or real people? Oh, both. Great question. Like a Spider-Man. I don't think there's any rules here. There needs to be because this question is pretty deep. Loose rules. And <laughs> this is the the mission is a heist. We're trying to like. That's right. Oh, okay. What are we stealing? How are we gonna? What day? Yeah, you got a lot raining? of questions here. <laughs> 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 well, we are we in the city? Are we in the country? <laughs> Who's guarding it? What, what exactly? How long has it been a treasure? All right, Patreon members, you're going to have to yeah. give us I, a little bit more details. <laughs> if it were me, I'm going to go with my husband and brother-in-law just right off the bat. I've got Marcus and Morgan in my corner. Um, and We'll backfill the team from there. Yeah, and then I want Jesus. Um, I'd like to have him with us for a little healing or whatever we need to get to. Just get it done. <laughs> and I mean, if you're bringing Jesus, like, you need no one else. Yeah. I know. I feel like, I feel like that kind of I, circumvents the whole question. I need Jesus. <laughs> I need Marcus and Morgan. Um, I need a woman that's really sly. Um, Wonder Woman. I think like... <laughs> Wonder Woman, for sure. Uh, I'm thinking Salma Hayek. Like in in one of her characters, she's just always very sly and she's beautiful and can just get things done. Um, and someone funny like uh, The Rock or like A Team kind of I don't know someone just very someone just lighten it up a bit. Yeah, um, that's my team. All right, that's a tough one. I have to get back to it. Jericho, what you got, man? I'm just going to go with the Dirty Dozen and just kick one guy off. We'll just decide who that is. <laughs> yeah. Babe, you need Spider-Man. Well, I'd just go with the Marvel-verse, right? So just take all of them? Just take the... Yeah, there yeah. you go. Take the Marvel-verse. 
Yeah. So if you could, all right, I got a question. What if you could design your own school from principal down? Like I'd have Mike Tyson in there is probably correctional development. Yeah. Whew, that's good. Yeah. We'll think about that one later. That's a lot of details there. You know what I'm talking about? Maybe we should do a whiteboard. Like, what would your school roster look he like? Really just Principal on down to janitor. Fully map it out. <laughs> Me and you in there with that rack of keys, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, who would the guidance counselor yeah, be? Yeah, yeah, my point. Yeah. Bus drivers. <laughs> I mean, we got, you got a, a whole myriad of people you can put in there. <laughs> That's a tough question, really. Like, I was thinking about, yeah. I know I'd bring my brothers because they're just like some rednecks with a bit of ingenuity. Wait, wait. Just, we're talking about a heist here, though, man. Yeah. You yeah. can pick from anybody. I know, but these rednecks, man. What about the Goodfellas crew from yeah. Casino? Yeah. Like uh, Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci, yeah. I was thinking, I want that guy from Ocean's Eleven, the little guy that gets climbs into everything. Really. Oh, the little, um, yeah. the human pretzel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. The human yeah, yeah. pretzel. Yeah. They had a great team, Bernie Mac. <laughs> Bernie Mac, that would, yeah, that I mean, would be some you, great comic whatever, relief there, you know. too. I'm picturing the Asian from the Goonies that has all yeah, of data. the little devices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. the devices. Man. You got to have one of them. That's like our teams. Yeah. When you look at them, they're decorated with everything. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> like yeah. if someone looks at me in the, in the team and I'm the Texas Redneck, I should be able to ride a horse, throw a, I, yeah. I need to be able to do that. That's yeah. that's thing, right? Yeah. It's yeah. so chip it's so demoralizing when you when you can't do what you look like. It's it's the same as when <laughs> Same as when you're in the military and like it's cold out and you're like, "Man, I'm cold." And somebody's like, "Well, aren't you from such and such?" Like yeah, we get cold there too, guy. You know? like, That's why I came here. You put a jacket cold. on. Yeah. You know? We have we coats up there. <laughs> Does that mean I'm not cold? Matter of fact, fire was invented up where it's cold. <laughs> Y'all have that here, right? Yeah. All right. <laughs> no fire here? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, all right. Great question. Patreon.com slash Team Never Quit. Make sure you guys check it out. You can ask your amazing questions to our guests, to our hosts. You can check out some exclusive swag. Patreon box. It's got a challenge coin. It's got a cool hat, a bunch of cool stuff. So check that out. We've got a great guest in store for you guys. Jericho was born in Washington, D.C. and as a military brat, grew up all over the world and across the U.S. Jericho went on to serve in the Ranger Regiment for 15 and a half years and deployed to combat 15 times in Iraq and Afghanistan. Jericho retired from active duty in 2017 after four years as a senior military science instructor at St. John's University in New York City and over 20 years of total service. He continues to develop and produce film and TV projects and is the senior content production manager at Black Rifle Coffee Company. Jericho, welcome to the show, man. Thank you. It's the first like time I've heard that. Your former life has d- given you plenty of material for what you're doing now. Yeah, a little bit. That's good, yeah. right? Yeah, I've seen some stories. Oh, yeah. I've seen, you have. I've seen some stories. <laughs> That's exactly how you say that, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've been around a little bit. I'm, I'm not given up on that I, I like to still go get into a rascally business every once in a while See, as I much feel... as i can yeah yeah, yeah. you know what i'm talking so about it never, I, goes, I, it never I, goes away right yeah right. yeah yeah i follow him on instagram and so i've seen him like he's actively involved in a lot of things i don't know if you're open to talking about it but like the afghanistan withdrawal yeah um and like I just feel like you're always there wherever <laughs> something's happening. We got guys like that. happen to be there. They manage to be there in every situation. It's pretty great. I just don't want to like miss out. It's a FOMO thing. Yeah. So how do you get called for something like that? Uh, they're all different. You know, like I, with, with working with uh, Black Rifle and, and, you know, before I was full time with them freelancing for Coffee or Die for the, you know, the print magazine and the, the journalism uh, arm of our media um, and then being a retired guy, like I, I just have a lot of freedom. I think that's the biggest thing. I have a lot of freedom. Let's so back it up a little. You're a brat, right? Mm-hmm. Both parents? Uh, just my dad. 
Yeah. Talk about that for a second. Yeah, my dad, uh, he's kind of the stereotypical, like, go in the Army or go to jail guy. Right, yeah. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. So he, uh, actually, both my grandparents. What's his my, name? Uh, Jesse. Okay. Jesse Denman. Yeah. Both my grandfathers were in the Navy, World War II. Um, one of them uh, got the Silver Star at uh, Guadalcanal. And he, lots of awesome stuff that's in that. cool and the other one he joined the navy during world war ii but he didn't get out of training before the war ended um but they were both navy guys so my dad he got in some trouble judge told him hey go join the military like today <laughs> and uh yeah, right like right now yeah it was a it was a friday uh latter half of the day so my dad like zips down to the recruiting station goes to the navy office guy's gone for the weekend oh no so that's how he got in the army. Yeah. So he knows shit like turned around, looked and there it was. And the army guy was like, come how on you in. Doing? Yeah. So What's up, uh, bruiser? Yeah. Right, come on in. Yeah. So that's why he uh, joined the army. I wonder if they army. call each other. You, I, you know what I'm talking about? Like the recruiters. Oh, yeah. When they, like, they need hey, to make hey, a damn movie about that. Yeah. Like a sitcom just revolves around the branches in those little shopping centers and the and the comedy that goes through putting us oh, in, yeah. in the military. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't know about you, but I mean, I when I was joining, my dad was in the army, so that's probably what I was going to end up doing, but he made me kind of like look at everybody, you know, and go. So I squared away though. Like it would be funny. Like, I wonder if they all get at the end of the day, get together and like, Hey, some, some total idiot came in and tried to join the air force today. And then like the Marine guys like, yeah, I, he joined the Marines. Yeah. I got a guy over here. He's a real dumbass too. I mean, we got a prize winner. I got a whole file on him. I'm going to send him on over to you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And then, uh, then we'll b- double back him over to the Marine Corps. You, you know, know what I mean? Yeah. And like, they'll, they'll call up and be like, hey, this is what I got this guy to sign up for. You're not going to believe it. <laughs> In the it style makes me of think of that movie that yeah. we like so much. Um, uh, the New Vacation, when they're on the uh, the four corners of the Grand Canyon. Oh, yeah. And they've got all the uh, police oh, officers police from yeah, every yeah. state. And yeah. they're all like, he's mine. He's mine. No, yeah. he's mine. They all make each other <laughs> drop their guns. That would be... <laughs> Entertaining forever watching a, a recruiting show on, yeah, uh, to get guys would. in the military. What they say, I got kind of lucky. My, well, he was a he was a team guy, which I got full benefit from him. But oh man, you can just hear him heckling how much fun that is. Because if you can sell somebody a life, oh yeah, think yeah. about that. Yeah, especially somebody who kind of knows what they're talking about a little bit. Like that was me when I was when I was joining the military. You know, like my yeah, brother had joined out. like five years before me. My dad was in, you know, all his butt. I grew up around it. So, like, they tried to kind of bullshit, you know, of course. Because they, you know, like, with getting a ranger contract, they know, like, that's that's an enticement. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. So they don't want to just, the kid who walks in who's, like, gung-ho, like, I want to shoot guns and blow stuff up. And they're like, all right, you, know, you just join with this infantry contract, you yeah. know? And they're like, okay. But, so they they generally try and use those those ranger contracts as, like, a, a guy who's like, I don't know. And they're like, well, we got this ranger contract. Yeah. It's awesome. You know how good you look in this uniform? Yeah. God, yeah. You look like you're in shape right now. I mean, <laughs> something you can't believe some of these guys can sell it. The, the best are the guys that walk in and go, I don't know what I want to do. Well, we got something for you. Yeah. We sure do. You're going to be a mop on a you, submarine. You'll be a human mop. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's amazing. It, it's a perfect teaching environment. Because mm-hmm. you know they're going to kill you and they're going to make you better. Yeah. You just don't understand that in the beginning. Yeah. And, and it... Coming to, sometimes I guess sometimes in the family, man, it can be worse. Yeah, I I would say there were there were certain things that were worse, but I think overall, at least in my initial training, I had such an easier time just because I was comfortable. Couple like of, I was yeah, used to the lingo and everything. Just around the lingo, people in uniforms, like people just 
I mean, my dad talked to me, you know, like a drill sergeant would talk to you. So it was no big deal to me to just get, just humiliated by somebody. (laughs) So they're good at that. Yeah. And I think, you know, just, we all have a certain amount of bandwidth, you know what I mean? And like mine was not chopped down as much as everyone else's. I was just hungry and tired. You know, I wasn't. It is amazing to watch a senior enlisted, especially dress down somebody. The way they can talk somebody out of your own skin and just humiliate you, build you back up in the same. It's a gift. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's funny because by the end of your career as, a, as an NCO, like most everybody has that. Yeah. But you never get taught that. No. You just kind of. It, it comes naturally. Yeah. That's yeah. the best. There's so many things like that in our world. Yeah. That you, that you can't appreciate and no one can mimic unless they've been in. Yeah. And that's true. one of them. You can spot it a mile away. As soon as somebody opens their mouth the way they care. Matter of fact, some of these people have great stories. And then to get past it, you have to get to this part. You got to be like, you got to watch for that stuff that naturally comes from being in the life. Yeah. yeah. I, you see it like I've, I've done a lot of work to unpack and like become not that Check guy. Out, man, man. But sometimes people will see it come out and I'm like, this will come out, you know, <laughs> just my little like. That thing right there, bro. This knife hand with the like fingers <laughs> extended and joined, you know. And then I'm, I'm like, oops, sorry. That's hilarious. That it's like a glove. <laughs> Let me say something to you. Yeah. <laughs> oh Those gosh. are the, that's the best. And the guys you can tell who are really good at it have been out a little while. They're trying to control it. And then the more aggravated they get, the shit starts coming out <laughs> until they're full on DIs, yeah. right? And then you're like, oh, just let him finish. He'll, he'll stop when he's finished. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. Okay. So for, because I don't understand any of it took me years and years and years to understand like all the different teams and the seal teams and all of that i don't know anything about the army so when you do when you go into a ranger contract mm-hmm. how many different ranger battalions or pl- what is it called i don't even know what it's called how many are there yeah so there there's the 75th ranger regiment is like the only entity and okay. then within there there are three what we call kind of like rifle battalions like mm-hmm. first second third battalion okay um those are located in Fort Benning, Georgia, Savannah, Georgia, and Fort Lewis, Washington. Okay. Um, we also have uh, regimental headquarters, which is like all the headquarters stuff, a military intelligence battalion, and a special troops battalion. So those are also at Fort Benning, and they're kind of just like, you know, the Island of Misfit Toys, weirdos, <laughs> and the MIB. We call it the MIB, the intelligence battalion. And then the STB, the special troops battalion, is kind of like where the assessment selection and all that yeah. kind of stuff happens with them. But the meat and potatoes battalions, there's three battalions. So you want to be in one of the three typically. Yeah. Unless you're like a recon guy or mm-hmm. a intelligence guy or gal, whatever. No. Yeah. So they, uh, yeah. And all together, I don't know, it's roughly around 2000, 2,500 people. Oh, wow. I, I couldn't tell you now. Yeah. Between all three of them. But in the whole thing. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that roughly same as that those. helps me Almost. understand it because I, I, I always hear like seventy fifth, whatever, like battalion or whatever, regiment, whatever, and I've just never understood that because I've no one's ever taught me. that. I think the similarity to the teams that it all goes down to a platoon. Every yeah. everything there is in support of the platoons doing their jobs. Okay. Well, then they have Ranger School. It's kind of like buds for us, and then you have the SEAL teams. I mean, it's, it's separate. Yeah. yeah. And, okay. So, what's the difference? This is because a lot of our listeners <laughs> don't know all of this, and they want to know it. What is the difference between a ranger tab and a non-tabbed ranger? Yeah. That that gets people fired up on. Oh right man, now. you want to talk about a, a, <laughs> a, a source of contention, man? That's yeah. all you got to do. It can be a quiet room to say that. Like, <gasps> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, 
I don't really care myself, but Uh uh, there are a lot of people that care. And so to be considered a ranger, the the word on the street is that you're serving or have served in the regiment, the 75th Ranger Regiment, because Ranger School was brought about in the Ranger Department very early in the Army, like right right after World War II, before Korea, they stood up a Ranger Department, Mm -hmm. which was basically teaching kind of like commando tactics to infantry officers and NCOs, you know, in that brief period of peace when they're trying to like, you know, keep the force professional and all that. So they had the Ranger Department, which preceded the Ranger Regiment, which wasn't stood up until uh, the regiment was stood up in 84, but the two Ranger Battalions were stood up in 74. Um, So the Ranger School has been around longer, but it is a conventional entity. Right. It's it's not a special operations entity. It's it's in the the training and doctrine command of the army, TRADOC. And yeah, so you go to that school, you're there for, you know, if you go straight through, you're there for about two and a half months and you get your ranger tab and you're just ranger qualified, so to speak, which is just an army leadership course now. Mm-hmm. Um, within the regiment, though, it is still another gate. So when we go through our selection process, uh, you know. RASP, they call it now, Ranger Assessment Selection Program, or Regimental Selection Assessment Selection Program. Yeah, they changed it again. Yeah, they changed it again. They always change it. You got to, every officer that comes through the pipe has to change something. So they... <laughs> Guess what I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you go through that process. So when I went through, it was called RIP when I went, Ranger Indoctrination Program. You go through RIP, you get assigned to a Ranger Battalion, and then you're, con- what, what we just, in layman term, we call them privates. Right. Mm-hmm. Like private is basically an all encompassing term for not ranger qualified, okay. right? but in the regiment. So it's kind of like being, I explain it to civilians as being like a probationary firefighter. Like you've gone through the academy, you're going to the firehouse every day, you're going into fires, but if you do anything wrong, you're going to get kicked <laughs> out. Right. And your life sucks. You're cleaning the toilets with a toothbrush. Yeah. You're doing yeah, all that's that. Right. So you're a probie. And then, you know, anywhere between, six to 18 months, depending on how well you prove yourself, you then get sent to ranger school, mm. which by the time you go, it's ranger school sucks, but it's for a guy, a guy that's been in regiment that long and, and gone through RASP and all that. It's just kind of a speed bump. You're kind of like, all right, I got to do this so that I can move to the next level. And then once you get your tab, you're kind of all in and you can be, start being assessed to like get promoted to be a team leader. And, and you, you have a little bit more. Got it. Not autonomy, but you, you you get treated like a human being again. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. Is that all the, oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramont Plus. That makes sense. It's okay. different than us. Like yeah. You have to go through our program to get to that. Right. Yeah, it's like we have heard several people call themselves a SEAL because they went to BUDS 
but they never graduated buds. And it's like, <laughs> well, then you're not actually that's a wild. seal. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that, that's something different, you know, or, oh, my brother was a seal. He, he had to get, he was medically taken out of buds. And I'm like, so he never graduated, but okay. So he was never a seal. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just the first part of it. There's yeah. follow on but a lot of stuff where you get yeah. a lot of schools that are tucked in there. Most nobody in the civilian world hears, hears about. It. Yeah. And you never, I mean, it's something, you know, we have a mutual friend, Ray, when I started like really digging into you guys pipeline, I'm like, wait, so after I thought like you walked out of hell week and got your trident, like everyone, thought, everyone thinks <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. It's actually yeah. at the beginning of training. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. It, I'll never forget the day they secured us from Hell Week. I was like, hey, hey, how you doing? And they were just like, here's your freaking T-shirt. Yeah. We all went through it. Because your instructors are just sitting there. And I mean, there wasn't an ounce of sympathy. <laughs> we were doing our death, uh, the walk of death down back with the pizza and the Gatorade, you know, and they were just like, who cares? Yeah. You know, yeah, you yeah. think, what? Yeah. Every, everyone's already been through this. Matter of fact, it gets harder. Yeah. For us, yeah. This is just seeing if you were willing to take it. Yeah, face and you know, you. man, you can't even comprehend that till you go through it. Yeah, I remember reading that and hearing that, and you hear the guy say it, and then it, when you get to the other side, you're like, ah, oh, yeah, man, I get, you know. <laughs> I remember uh, my like first. I don't know if it was my first night, first weekend, or whatever, and I was just you know getting the brakes hazed off me all week. You know, yeah. it's like three in the morning. I'm like. I have a, a dental pick, you know, for cleaning weapons, and I'm cleaning the wax out from between tiles in the hallway because oh. he wanted each tile individually uh, oh waxed gosh. and buffed. Hey, and, the uh, shit they come up with to make us, you can't believe a team guy. <laughs> yeah. And, across, then, I mean, and we're talking about generations of dudes who've had nothing better to do than come up with some stuff for us to do. Yeah, yeah. And some random guy, I don't even know who he was, you know, he like pokes his head out of his room. He's like, hey, are you a ranger? <laughs> you know, because I look like I was 12 years old, you know what I mean? And I was like, I guess. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so you were a ranger and you, so it said you served um, 15, you did 15 deployments. Do you mm -hmm. want to talk about any of that? Yeah, the, the 15 number, so, you know, we operated within the task force we operated in. So like our deployments were not the, you know, conventional army's 12 to 15 month deployments. Ours mm -hmm. were you know, shorter. Mm -hmm. So anywhere from 60 to 180 days. I think 180 days is the longest one I did. Yeah. And, um, and that's still a good push because that's battle rhythm. That's first getting in there. I mean, the Army yeah. does everything different. A yeah. year. I mean, we had a couple guys do those. Morgan did a couple of those. Yeah. But when you first get in there, catching that battle rhythm is the toughest. Yeah. And then when we're trying to come home, everybody's getting laxed. Yeah. So yeah, it was yeah. usually when we take those two hits. Yeah. In the beginning, at the end. Not in the middle. No. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was uh, people that, you know, when you stack them all together, you're like, wow, yeah, it's a lot of time. But I think, again, like after you're out and you look at it, and I look at it now and I'm like, wow. Yeah. Like our, our op tempo was just Can you believe that? insane. Of How like, fast we used to run back then? Yeah. Just, I mean, on a, like the, in the mid aughts, you know, at the height, doing a, a, yeah. 90, day, a 90 day rotation yeah. and doing 120 raids. It's like, wow. Oh my gosh. Like, just like and then just stuff. rotating out for a couple, like a week off, and then rotating into a school that's more intense yeah. than deployment. Yeah. We call the deployments breaks. Breaks. Yeah. 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 yeah that's right. Because that was also, you know, in Ranger Regiment, we did, you know, we kind of like evolved into being this raid force overseas. But our legacy tasks, we'd never got rid of. The things that made the, you know, DOD want to keep giving us funding and keep us in the task force and all that, well, there were these legacy tasks we had to perform and had to be 
you know, mission capable of, like the airfield seizure and all that, which were just... Well, those are written in y'all's bylaws, right? right. I mean, that's kind of like your... Yeah. What he's talking about is like, there's certain stuff that we got to be able to do in these wars because the terrain and the wars dick kind of push us in that direction. Mm-hmm. But when they pull us out, there's a no shit, this is what you do, this is what yeah. you are. Yeah. Actually, I didn't know that until the um, Afghanistan pullout and that whole shit show happened. And Marcus said, like he had gotten a... Um, a request to go on the news or whatever, and we actually declined it because Mark was like, "They need rangers on there. Like, they, <laughs> this is the rangers' job to yeah. talk about this." It was that was wild. Like being, it was going there. And it was funny because I was texting with a couple guys who were still in that were like my peers in the army, and I was like, "Yeah, I got my boots are on the ground after yours, bud." <laughs> because when they had initially shut down, a couple of the guys that got back were like, yeah, man, I closed it out. Like last ranger boots on the ground. And then now you know, I'm here. <laughs> then, then the, you know, the whole shit show, like you said, happened and they had to send another company back over to like secure everything in the, on the airfield and stuff. Oh, and, they did do that. Yeah. Yeah. They did. I mean, with, you know, with the help of, uh, the 82nd and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Roger that. Yeah. But yeah. So you'd get home and have to do, I mean, that, we called it the retention killer having to do the, the train ups for the airfield seizures were just so boring because you're not really that doing those. It was not really, uh, like the platoons knew how, know how to fight, right? That's easy. Like it's not easy, but we we're good at that. When you do those, you're training the staff and you're training the air force and you're training all these other entities to be able to do this incredibly complex thing. So it's a lot of it's boring you know, and just uncomfortable and, and you got to jump around canopy parachute into a, into an airport in the middle of the night, like three or four times in a week. It sucks. You got to do it quick enough to where the enemy doesn't destroy the airport. You can't destroy the airport. You got things that are only designed to destroy. I mean, you don't talk to rangers don't go in and be like, Hey, how you doing? Yeah. I'm thinking about, you know, can we have this back? That's not what they do. Yeah. It's like them suckers just lay it down, set up perimeter. And then so you can land aircraft in there. And that is the, I hadn't thought about. I hadn't heard it said like that. But yeah, some of those hurry up and waits is because the people around us are getting trained. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, and we are. I, I was talking to uh, Mike Sorelli. We were doing the thing, and he was talking about his interactions with Rangers overseas when he was a team guy and stuff. And he was like, "Yeah, man." I was like, "Yeah, we're locusts, man. We just come in and just no matter what it is, we just come in and destroy it. Yep. Like even if it's your camp. Yeah. We're gonna come in and we're gonna eat all your food." We're going to crap all over your, your toilets. <laughs> We're just going to destroy it. Not that's in them around them. All the toilet paper be gone. All your magazines, everything. That, he's not lying. That's the truth. But that's what you call him in. Yeah. He's like, hey, man, we, we can't get for whatever this is. It just has to go away. Yeah. We just need this to be just like either gone or really broken. <laughs> like, yeah. Dude, it's a funny. It's, Both they, do. it's awesome to watch them work, man. Oh, my God. But don't call them in. Yeah, there's some stuff you call them in on, and you'll see if, if it's not for them. <laughs> so just kind of, you can tell. Yeah. It's not they can't do it. It's just, but when they're doing their thing, no man, stand by. Oh my gosh! Yeah, there's something. So when you were getting like, you've got um, what year did you get out? Uh, 2017. 2017. Wow. Yeah. So you, God, you were in <laughs> just for time a for everything long, to get crazy. Yeah, yeah, you were in for a long time. So 2017. What did what did you decide to do when you got out? Um. I never actually decided to do anything. Um, <laughs> I just kind of ride the the wave a little bit. And, and that one was but actually what made us meet in the first place was yeah. um, 
Ray Mendoza, he got a call to do uh, this limited series called The Long Road Home. Nat Geo made it about uh, First Cab in Sadr City in Iraq. And uh, he got that call, and he was like, I don't know anything about the Army in Sadr City. Like, so he passed it off to a guy to do the job. Um, that guy needed a little bit of help, so he kind of like hit the network was like, hey, who's done a lot of Sadr City time? Who's an experienced person? And ended up he called me, said, hey, can you come down and help? tech advise on this show um i was like yeah sure i'm getting ready to retire i don't have anything to do um i was dating a girl at the time who made a lot of money so i wasn't really super worried good for you yeah yeah um so yeah i went and did that um i was only supposed to be there for a couple weeks of pre-production you know doing the wardrobe and table reads and picking props and all that like technical stuff you know like stuff that doesn't really have anything to do with the the art of filmmaking um but i did that and they liked me so they kept me on for the run of the show how's that man is that cool gig it can be really really cool is that people driven cool or is it situation or both it depends on the people largely right i think for me the thing that makes it either rewarding or not rewarding is if they listen yeah right because you can go there's a lot of people in that space in that tech advisor space who are yes men who just show up and they're more worried about the next movie they're going to get a job on than they are about doing a good job on this movie, right? And they just don't want to rock the boat. Whereas you guys know, Ray and me, I oh, yeah. I show up and I tell, like, something I've kind of learned is I'll tell the director or whatever producer is kind of, I figure out who the shot caller is on the movie, right. you know? Yeah. And then I tell them, I'm like, here's my non-negotiables. And they're different for every movie, you know what I mean? If it's a, if it's some action movie that's just like, ah, blow them up, shoot them up, I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. I want to make it as cool as possible. Um, but if it's depicting a, a true oh, yeah, event, details, yeah. then I'll talk to like veterans of that event and I'll say, Hey, what are your non-negotiables here? You know? And, and I'll go to the director and be like, Hey, I am not going to do this, this or this. And if you try to make me, I'll just quit. Cause I'm not going to have my name on your movie. Yeah. Um, so once you get that out of the way and like realize, like also, like I said, you know, I'm, I'm retired. So I have like a little bit of freedom, you know, like I don't, have a family to support with my retirement. I can, I'll be fine. Me and my dog will be fine. So I have that freedom to go and be like, you know what? Screw your movie. I quit. I'm not going to be a part of this. Yeah. So for me, it's always great because I, I don't, I don't need it. Yeah. If that makes sense. How is working with Ray? That's awesome. We're, he's obviously bad cop every time we do anything, you know, which is cool. Cause I don't have to be as much of a jerk cause he's around to be, be the jerk for everybody. He's so great know? at that. Yeah. He's so good at it. I mean, he's good at that. I mean, he's solid dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love oh man. Yeah. That's the last, last thing I'm gonna say about him today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We have a lot of fun though. And yeah, I tell you what, I like if it, it's funny that, you know, Ray was my bridge into that, into that space. Cause it was like Ranger and seal and like, you know, Ebony and ivory. And yeah. Like, <laughs> But it was funny. We just yeah, like, is. we just came together. We're just like, fuck, we like, where Ray is really strong, I'm like a little weaker. And where he's weaker, I'm stronger. Yeah, it's we cool. Were, we were a great team. It's one of those situations I noticed that it, when we get into it, as when we're in combat, real combat, our, they clash. Like our styles clash because we're not designed to be together. But in the movie thing, when we're working together, hey, mm-hmm. it, gets, it gets fun. Yeah. Because then you just try, throw those ideas. And you're right by the directors. A lot of times, it depends on which one you get. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, 
you give them the information so they can hammer people with it, or you can hammer the people so they don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's weird. And everyone's yeah. different. That's what yeah. I, I mean. All yeah. the personalities. I think the cool part about being in the SF and making up in the rank, man, is you have to learn how to control that. All yeah. those personalities. Yeah, for sure. Getting the most out of... Most out of them. Out of them, yeah. yeah. And that's something I kind of, you know, in Ranger Regiment, we had, it was called RFS, Release for Standards, Summer Release Authority, all these things. It's the only unit in the Army that you can just, for no reason, I can just be like, I don't want you here anymore. And I'm oh, going really? to write you out. Like, you know, and even even in SF, like Green Berets, they, it's a big deal to kick a guy out of SF. Sure. Oh, yeah. Same with us. You can't for, just do that. Yeah, for Death us group it wasn't. can, but we can't. It wasn't. I can I can write a little packet, send it to my sergeant major and my battalion commander, and they're like, "Yep, he doesn't work. He's gone." Well, um, so a lot of people, I think, in regiment abuse that. I to me, it was like a huge privilege to be able to do that, and that's I a big pride. deal to squash somebody like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It is, and we had a thing that came along later, like mainly after the GWAT started. We called it. Uh, a rehab transfer, right? Yeah, nice. So we would take like, all right, this guy's in Bravo Company and he's just not working out. So they would they would kind of do a, a little bit of a like a kangaroo court kind of thing. Yeah, you know, all the platoon sergeants would get together and be like, hey, this guy's just not working out, and we'd be like, I'll take him, I'll see. What... And I would take, unless the dude was just a complete weirdo, I would take rehab transfers all day because they're like a rescue dog. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You know, yeah, they, much. Yeah, they come over to your platoon and they're like, "The bastards! What do you want me to do?" Yeah, fine, man. What is, what is it? Yeah, I'll yeah. do it. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. They totally appreciate it. So, yeah. By the end of my time, run, run. I mean, you got to think everything like, that goes into getting through the training and everything. That there's something you can train that sucker. It's just who's doing it. Yeah, exactly. It's 99 times out of 100, it's personality thing. That's it all yeah. the time, especially with us. Because you got, we got some of those sergeant majors and those masters. Their their style is so cool. They'll be like, "How you doing?" Yeah. It doesn't matter how badass Brody, I mean, all that stuff, man. When they walk in, it's just, yeah. you know, all right, what do you want me, what do you want me to do, man? Yeah. That kind of thing. Especially if sure. they know their butts on the line, like they've already been removed somewhere. Yeah. So. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser. Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Also with with that, like, so you leave you leave Ranger Battalion or Ranger Regiment, You're go- we, we call it going down the road because at... Second Ranger Battalion, where I grew up, you literally went down the road to a conventional army battalion down there and served there. And, and it was it was known. They were like... They did it on purpose? Uh, no, it, it was just like... So if you're in one of the East Coast battalions, you go... Anywhere you go, you go needs of the army. Yeah. Well, yeah, I got that. But at 275, it's just cheaper for the army to just move you down the road. Right. But if you're in 3rd or 1st Bat, you're probably going up to Bragg or, or, or Campbell or something like that. What is in the shit bags? It's, it's, they used to like be vindictive. And, yeah. And do y'all so, have a spot? Yeah. It was usually Korea. Oh, yeah. 
so cold there. You're going yeah. to Korea. Man, yeah, yeah. ours is you get your ass kicked into ranger school if you see somebody go and then other, and then you start getting stuff duties like that. Yeah. Like I saw a seal at, at airborne school one time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, as a cadre? What's up? Wow. Yeah. That's a horrible job. What's up? Yeah. Like I wasn't even I didn't even have my bird on my chest. Saw so that dude rolling in, I ran. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't run. That uh that's a that's I mean, it's not like... It's tough, right? It's not like a job that... <laughs> I mean, I'm, not, you're just like, I'm not looking down on it. It's just a horrible place well, to work. Oh, man, yeah. It's like, because you do the same exact thing... Every day. Every day. Oh so gosh. boring. Yeah. <laughs> Super early mornings, late nights, every day, and it's Groundhog Day. Oh. That suck. Yeah. Be an instructor anywhere kind of sucks, but the airborne school, that would be rough. Oh, my gosh. I uh. think them guys at the academies have a pretty good time. At the, like, Annapolis? And, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. They have to, right? Yeah, West Point would be a good gig. I think so, yeah. too. Yeah. But, I, like, for somebody like us in the summer times? Oh, yeah. Pulling this dude up there to yell at him? Yeah. Well, before uh, before 9-11, they used, to, um, they used to have us go out and do, like, there would be, like, little boondoggle fun things. Oh, cool. And, okay, so y'all did get to do that? Yeah. And uh, I think... Yeah, it was the summer of 01. So it was like July, August of 2001. I went to West Point for like six weeks and was like a little... Oh, that's cool, man. ...ground, like just did their patrolling lanes, you know? Yeah. And they don't... They couldn't find their... Sure, sure, but it, they hands, still but, love it, though. I mean, it's teaching them something. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, you had... Uh, like, I was I was real junior there. I was like a real junior E5, you know, and they had... They wanted the dudes who were like fired up. You yeah. Know? They wanted, didn't want solid, like energetic little... Pissers to go and <laughs> fuckers that run around everywhere yeah. and never get tired. I know it. Yeah, they, they exist, yeah. dude. It's something about them. Yeah. So that's a little fun before the storm hit. Yeah, yeah that's kind of wild. No, that place is wild. something. They hide it behind them gray walls, but you get up yeah. in there. It's like uh, it's like Hogwarts. Uh, yeah, that's exactly what it's like. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It, it is. It's something. When I well, that's exactly what that's like. Yeah, for sure. So when you're filming, back to filming real quick, what's your favorite kind of film to make? Would you rather do a true story? Do you think there needs to be more like true stories? A romantic comedy or, or... rom-com? <laughs> you know... A rom-com guy? Or, uh... <laughs> I guess, like, it's really rewarding to do the true stories, but man, it's stressful. It's hard, it right? It is so hard and stressful. Like, the last one, and me and Ray did together, The Outpost. When that thing came out, man, I was like so stressed like just because it's all great on that that's a tapper yeah yeah is it just the heaviness of the stories both people wanting them I, to get it right too yeah and i just don't want people to be like oh it's not what happened so, uh, yeah. you know yeah. I, I just so that's when you really learn how to appreciate well you learn how when someone's yelling at you is what they're when they're yelling at you is like okay that's just complaining it's like somebody who complains about the roads getting fixed and then complains while they're getting fixed. <laughs> yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, there is a lot of that. But if I were going to pick, if there if were two job offers sitting in front of me and one was like a really rad action movie and one was a true story, I would go do the rad action movie because it's just yeah. more fun. You can be – because like uh, the true story also takes a lot of creativity out of it. You know yeah. what I mean? You can't, you can't get as, as dynamic. You got to kind of stay true to yeah. the events. One feed know? the other, one help the other though? Yeah. You're making it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Once once you're like kind of, I don't want to say constricted, but you're being held to a, a standard of like history or a true mm -hmm. event. You know, you you get better at like, all right, this this thing happened. Like, how can we shoot that in a way that's more dynamic or or whatever? You know. So you and, turned to a recon guy. 
<laughs> yeah. Basically, like different angles to shoot stuff. Yeah. And so the guys want to, and guys want to get, when they're getting out of the military, floating into the movie business. Most people think that's impossible. It's not. It's not. It's just show up out there because there's multiple levels. It's like what you're interested in. If you want to be that face guy, yeah, that's tough. That's kind of like being our admiral. I mean, you got to earn that. Yeah, exactly. I, t- I get, you know, obviously I get hit up about that all the time. How do I get into the film industry? And I'm like, well, I got into tech advising because I was in the army for 20 years. Right. Super experienced. Like if you're getting out with four years in, in the army, you don't hold that amount of and it's not necessarily things i did it's just the things i was exposed to right you know i and can, hollywood holds that close to the chest yeah they're, they're like hey experience doesn't mean i did this once or twice they, they actually go through the numbers and being like he's got this many years i want him out here i want to hear what he has to say they yeah like exactly yeah. yeah yeah but if you if you have a big interest in that in that industry it's just like shit you know, as a new guy, I was cleaning toilets in the Ranger Battalion. You know, yeah. I didn't get to show up and be a platoon sergeant. Everyone you know? starts at the so, bottom. Yeah. So yeah. you kind of want to do that. Yeah, that too. It's like you're going to be better at the end. It's it's going to be how you learn. easier. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not kind of. Imagine if fumbling. one of those Ranger kids coming out of school or seal pups came in. It's like the guys who run for Congress. I'm going to go in there and change everything. I'm going to yell at this person. I'm like, no, you ain't. Yeah. No, you're not. You're yeah. going to get in there and pull you. They're going to pull your bird away from you, take a tab off of you, and clean the shitters for a year. Yep. Yeah. And that, that is something that you see with, with a lot of folks that, like, I guess there's some, there's some kind of riffraff in the, in the tech advising world. And that. So they I, have their own mafia too, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've heard that. So the electrical crews, lighting and sound, you know, they all have, like, you have to know how to work them too. Yeah. On set. Yeah. And you have to know the lingo and all lingo that. Lingo and everything. And I, I tell some guys who, you know, they think they can come to the film industry and like fix it. Right. You know, and I'm like, what if Steven Spielberg showed up to your platoon and told you how to run your platoon? Thank you. Great Be- analogy. Best filmmaker ever. Yeah. He doesn't know how to run a fucking platoon. That's right. Just like you don't know how to run a movie set. So shut, you know, two eyes, two ears, one mouth. That's it. Go forth, you know? You know how much you like and how much fun that is too. And they see that. Mm-hmm. Like if you're coming in there barking all the time, then they're kind of, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's a thing that in the jobs I've had, I've had to combat their stereotypes about what a military tech oh, sure. advisor yeah, is. Yeah. Oh, that's the thing. there's a lot of that where... Stereotypes are invented in Hollywood. They're oh, called character sure. actors. And I, I mean, they're the ones complaining. I'm not kidding, man. No, you walk no, on you're deck, right. they, you're looking at what, what... They do that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's so... You that's come a in, fact. That's not making, making that up. Yeah. So people <laughs> like, you get there and you talk, whatever department head you're talking to, and they're like, Ugh. I'm like, have you ever worked with... That? Like, yeah, I work. I'm like, okay, okay. That ain't me. Like, let's, <laughs> let's just, let's start over. Yeah. yeah. Clean slate. Yeah. Here's some coffee. You know, yeah. going with the bribes. I, I was yeah. all happy to see all of them. And I, that was the coolest part about being on the set during the, uh, when we were filming is I would just walk around all of the different and, and learn about them. He yeah. got to be friends with every like one of them. everybody that was working. Yeah. Every, every one of them, man. I had the best time with them. And that's like, you know, people from our community always ask me like, oh, I must, uh, I'm like, man, it reminded me of being in a, in a military unit. Cause there's a lot of people who are really good at their thing. That's right. And you just let them do their thing. Let them do their thing. And it's going to be great. That's right. You know, you go in there and tell them how good you, you think they should be doing. That's not yeah. how that works. Yeah. Yeah. Like a good team guy walk in and be friendly with it. That's what your job actually is. Yeah. It's to get into an environment and assemble, you know, figure it out. Yeah. Can't do that by yelling. Yeah. Especially with actors. And and everyone goes on that set. Remember growing up in high school how they are. They don't like to be yelled at, loud noises, even though they make movies about it. They hate guns. Yeah. Might as well hand them a rattlesnake. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean when you're when you're out there on this, that's uh, and I had to remember that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's fun though, man. I do think there's something to the true stories though. And I, I mean, obviously I'm biased, but I feel like there's so many more stories that need to be told and it, mm-hmm. there needs to be people like you that have experience behind each one of those. I know it's probably more fun to do the fun action blow up movies, but yeah, there's so many awesome stories. Comedy. Like even y'all comedy. Start doing comedies, y'all better start doing some damn comedies, man. Because <laughs> first of all, our whole lives is tragic comedy, and no, that's I the know. best thing to laugh at. It doesn't have to be like a somber thing or whatever. Like it can actually be funny. some of the fun, Dude. funny, like make a We Are the Millers of, you know, a Ranger Battalion movie. Just a trip for a Ranger <laughs> Battalion, just going on a training trip as a show. Yeah. I mean, oh, I know. Take take. Titles and uniforms out of that, and take a Ranger Battalion and put them in a town like a civilian, and have them go do their thing, dude. You want to talk about funny? I'm just scared that the regiment would get disbanded after that. (laughs) I think I think think about that too. The seals like they're not gonna let us train anymore after. Because we're not fighting, you know. It's 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 a totally different thing. Oh yeah, it's it's nasty. We gotta get on everyone's nerves. Yeah, but the minute we have to go scrap, everybody's like, cool, you know. Yeah, keep them around. That's so funny. Okay, so after or are you still doing movies or do you I'm I'm not actively so I work for Black Rifle Coffee now as the content production manager but I'm still you know with Ray we're still developing to produce our mm-hmm. own projects we we're kind of not I'm not pushing to tech advise anymore I kind of I can I think I kind of outran my headlights there like like with Ray after a while you're like at the end of the day you're an advisor mm-hmm. you know what I mean and like you advise the shot caller, whether it's the director or the producers or whoever, and they take your advice or they don't. Yeah. So, and then additionally with that, you get brought on at a certain phase in the production. So you don't have any part in really in, in the writing of the, of the script. You don't have any say in the casting. So there's so many things, you know, that Ray and I, as we're doing these projects, we're like, fuck man, we could do this. We could do this. That's probably, that comes to play a lot of it. Yeah. A lot. So, we have, you know, a few things that we're continuing to develop. A couple of them are growing some legs right now. Are you so writing? I don't write. Does Ray? No. We find writers. That's what yeah. we do. Because yeah. you're a hell of a storytellers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I will say, and with Ray too, we're great at crafting first drafts into like really rad second drafts. So I don't, I'm not good with a blank page, but I am good at crafting story. And Ray's better at it than I am. Um, Hey, there's so. the story, and there's exp- like listen to him explain it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because when you get somebody who, especially if they're not, they're not going to be in that scenario, trying to explain it to somebody is the funniest thing to me. Yeah, when you hear someone trying to explain something that they don't have any idea what it is, man, <laughs> that, that's humor to me, and he's good at that. Yeah, it is. You you hear some wild wild things, or, or the more the questions you know that you get from people. And, oh, sure. Especially in the kind of the development phase, um, when when you have a writer that's working on a screenplay for a for a concept or for some piece of IP or whatever, and they're like, "Hey, would so and so do this?" You're like, "What? Yeah. No. What are you talking about? Oh, okay. Thought... Where'd you even hear that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where, where'd you come where'd up you with come, that? Where did they even yeah. come from? Yeah. No. Probably no. someone yeah. that said he was a ranger. And I mean, yeah, they come from the, some of the best stories you hear from the dudes that weren't, weren't one of us. Oh, yeah. Man, like you know, one of my horror not horror story but just the story about the world of tech advising and trying to get those jobs because i put that up i when people ask me about okay what's the hardest part i'm like the hardest part is trying to sell yourself to people that don't know your currency right so like 
you'll have, and I've seen it with, and I talk to directors and stuff from after I'm hired. I'm like, hey, who else was in the running? And they'll be like, oh, this guy was in the running. Well, I'll look him up. I'll be like, are you shitting me? Like, <laughs> this person was in like the net, like an artillery person in the National Guard, like 88 to 92. Yeah. yeah. And like, never to, not not taking any way, anything away from anybody's like service or anything but like when you don't know you don't know so they're like ooh artillery what is that yeah. and they're like yeah. oh we shoot the big guns and they're like oh that's awesome yeah you'll be great on this it's oh like that guy doesn't know anything about anything yeah he never put it into yeah putting him action. into a, a doctor environment yeah uh, you yeah. know no <laughs> yeah that's the one the dude that puts him in the hospital that's the dude that fixes them them, yeah. them two different kind of things but I got there I won't name the movie but I got passed on to get hired on this job and the person that they hired was never even in the army oh my gosh he was an ROTC cadet for like three years his ROTC cadre like the job that I did in New York his cadre was an SF guy. So he wrote in his in his bio or his uh, uh, resume extensive experience working with special forces. Oh my gosh! <laughs> He's got a future in writing. Great resume yeah. writer. That's <laughs> a craftsman there. But his work reflected on screen. That's fuel transfer agent. No yeah. man, you pump gas, dude. <laughs> yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Oh my yeah. gosh! Yeah, actually, uh, when Ray and I were on the outpost, we had uh, one scene which was in the aid station, and they were doing this this. Uh, procedure you know where you like take blood straight from one person and put it into the casualty and and they they asked me i was like i don't know what i don't know i don't know how that works i was like i can get a guy on the phone we can talk through the whole thing they're like no no no, we'll get an advisor for it it's like all right so they bring this dude out and he's we shot that in bulgaria so i'm like hey what's this guy's story and they're like oh he was in the bulgarian army he was a doctor in the bulgarian army and i'm like all right (laughs) Yeah, my like eyebrow. Like, That's not computing my whole idea. I was like, all right, well, okay, we'll see. We go in, and he just immediately starts making these like super huge mistakes. Like, I'm not a medic, but like, I know yeah. a lot of shit. And he's like, yeah, you can do this. And that. I'm like, hey, wh- what did you do? So it turns out he was in the Bulgarian army. He did deploy to Afghanistan, but he stayed on Bagram, and he was an anesthesiologist in the dental clinic. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So like <laughs> he wasn't seeing a whole lot of combat like trauma and you know yeah. a lot of I was like, "Hey, just pay that guy his boat and like get him out of here and I'll I'll figure this out." Oh my gosh. <laughs> but it's a good example though. They were like doctor, army, Afghanistan. All the blocks are checked. Let's bring him in. And he oh didn't know anything gosh. about what he was supposed to be advising on. That's crazy. It does show in movies though when there's not real advisors on it like you can see it oh yeah yeah there's some i think some balls man right like i would never it's like all the guys who are actually qualified for that we would never do that yeah like i was like hey i i don't know how to do that I, we're taught that i'm like hey <laughs> yeah man I, yeah. I not only do i not know i don't know <laughs> if, I, if i'm if i'm the last line of, of defense here i'll figure it out but yeah, yeah. but I'm like talk about that I, that's, that's different i'll wing it i can yeah. wing it like a thumb yeah exactly but i'm not going to advise on it as if i know what i'm doing right yeah <laughs> that was funny man oh my gosh so you did you get approached from black rifle while you were doing that or how long have you known those guys it's kind of hard for me to pinpoint when i became buddies with i mean i don't remember all, either i don't yeah, remember either we all know everybody there it's like in a point. passing and then you met one on the happenstance and the same with us i was like yeah I, 
I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. I think I think when it really my real involvement with Black Rifle started when uh, I met Logan Logan Stark in Peru. We went down there for plant medicine ceremonies. Um, we became friends. Shortly thereafter, I started writing for Coffee or Die magazine, and then it just kind of evolved from there. But I knew Jared before that. I you know just in like like you said, you can't really pinpoint when yeah. you met the people, but yeah, it all just kind of came together you know and yeah and then i went last year uh i had i have one of those like camper vans i was just kind of driving around doing my thing between film jobs and uh evan called me he's like what are you doing for christmas i was like i don't know he's like come down to the ranch in san antonio and just hang out and i'll be down here i was like all right so went and spent christmas with evan and his family and he's good dude man ended up now i now i work here that's so awesome hey job so how does he send you on? Did you, he have you write on the uh, Afghanistan withdrawal? No. So I was still, so that the way I got to Afghanistan was like, I didn't plan on going there for the shit show withdrawal. Um, I met a conflict journalist. Her name's Jane Ferguson. She works for uh, PBS NewsHour. She used to work for Al Jazeera English. She is got bigger balls than most dudes I know. She is a psycho. Like she goes, <laughs> she's covered, you know, Yemen and she's been embedded with the Taliban. She's like fucking crazy. And, uh, I admired her work. Like she's, she was ballsy. She went anywhere and just kind of started following her on Instagram, following her, her stories and stuff. And, uh, I wrote her and I was like, Hey, I'm like kind of an aspiring journalist writer. Do you mind like reading some of my stuff every once in a while? And she's like, yeah, totally. That's awesome. I followed you too. Like you've got a cool life, cool history, blah, blah, blah. So I, I don't know how, when this was, when Biden announced we were going to be out by X date. I don't remember when it was. I, I called her up and I was like, Hey, are you going to be there for that? And she's like, yeah, I'm definitely going to go. I was like, how can I come with you? And she's like, well, find a story, develop a story and I'll bring you along as like my security aid man person. Um, so we planned this whole trip. So how I made myself kind of valuable is I just reached out to our network of SF guy. I'm like, hey, who have you worked with in the commandos? Who have you worked with in Triple Seven, the aviation yeah. dudes, all that? And basically it was like, hey, I can get us embeds with these Afghan commando units after the withdrawal so we can cover their fight against the Taliban, which, of course, never happened. Yeah. But that's how we were going to go over. So no kidding, like... We were getting on a plane in like three hours when I made the call not to go. Cause she, uh, Jane is from Northern Ireland, which is kind of like this weird thing where no one gives a shit that she's there. They're like not going to cut her head off or anything. Um, so she was get, getting ready to go, but like we saw the Taliban just zipping in and they were going to take Kabul. It was like, there was no question. And she was like, Hey, I don't think you should go. Like if they catch you, it'll be real bad. Like, they're going to find out who you are. You have a huge digital footprint. And I was like, that makes sense. So she went, she ended up spending about, I don't know how many, I don't want to mess up her story, but she basically got to the hotel in Kabul and then got evacuated onto H. Kaya. During that whole time, I was talking to this group called Arxalis, who were closely worked with the 777, the, the Afghan uh, special unit, the aviation, our 160th version um and i was going to do embeds with those guys well 
they had stood up a rescue flight, like a commercial flight that was going to fly into Kabul, pick up a bunch of those guys' families, and then fly them out. So they hit me up because I'd already written an article about them and gotten it out and was going to continue to write articles in their, in support of them throughout my time. Well, they put together this one flight and they were like, Hey, do you want to get on it? You can write a story about our, our first flight. So I was like, yeah, I'll go do that. So I flew to Istanbul, got on this plane, plane went Istanbul to like, uh, Dubai or somewhere. I don't remember. And then into Kabul. And my plan was kind of to like, just do this flight and write a story about it. Well, when I got there, I realized like no one was paying attention. So I just got off the plane. I was like, I'm going to get a better story. So got off the plane. You know, it was HK. I'd been there before. We had another guy with us, but he was kind of just doing stuff for getting these flights in and out. And then I was like, I'm going to go get a story and called a few of my buddies who were still in. Like, hey, you got a place where I can like plug my phone in and like get Wi-Fi so I can, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I I was kind of responsible about it. I went to, you know, I don't want to throw dudes under the bus, but I went to another guy. I was like, Hey, how long should I stay here? Like, I don't want to get in the way. I don't want to be like, I don't want to put any U S servicemen at risk for like whatever. And he's like, you leave on this day or this period of darkness, leave or else you're going to be kind of a, you know, you're going to be in the way at that point. So that's when I left. But um, yeah, through the network of people that I knew that were still in, um, I would give them all props, but I don't want to get them in trouble yeah, for, yeah. for yeah. helping me out. Um, but yeah, they gave me a spot to lay my head in the ready room and I could get on their Wi-Fi to send dispatches back. Uh, and yeah. And then once I sent the first one back, people started to realize I was there. So then I started to get the calls and the texts and the emails like hey my terp is going to be at the gate at this time and my whoever 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 so it turned for me there like kind of writing stories and dispatches into me just going out to the gate and trying to pluck people through as much as i could um yeah oh shit horrible week that was so terrible watching that real time like through obviously the news but also just different social medias like i was following probably 10 different social medias that had real time kind mm-hmm. of footage or whatever on there. And it was just such a crazy thing. Um, yeah. yeah, it was rough. It was, it was like, it, I was like, man, what am I doing here? Like, huh. Hey, I was going to ask you, man, are yeah. you kidding me? Cause th- that had, you had to have said that, right? Yeah, point, I did. Like, I did. Cause yeah. I was like, you know, the first kind of night that I went out, I can't say I got in a gunfight cause I didn't have a gun, but like, you know, there was a little shootout where I was and I was like, fuck man, this is crazy. And why am I here? And then that one was also to be fair, that was fucking exciting. I was like, Oh, this is rad. I'm back in <laughs> shit. But then I went back to that room and I was like dehydrated, sleep deprived, hungry. Yeah. I had fucking blisters. So I was just like, what are you doing, man? Like, you've spent the last like, you know, four years trying to like pull yourself out of this right. and like do work to get, but being there with a whole different set of context sure. was super weird. I bet. Yeah. And, uh, super like frustrating. Um, and then it was, I think the hardest part about that for me was all the people that were messaging me and like, Hey, can you get, and I'm like, 
I can't like, I don't have time. Like yeah. I don't have the resources. I don't have the logistics to do this, you know? And, and people, some people got salty at you, you know? And they're like, hey, uh. I'm like, dude, I'm sorry that the guy that made your eggs in Bagram, like, yeah, isn't going to get out. Like, he'll probably be fine. We had know? people messaging us too. And I'm like, we're not there. We don't, we have zero control over anything that's going on. I there still right get now. messages now. Like, Hey, can yeah. you help this person get on? I'm like, they're still alive. Yeah. Cool. The Taliban doesn't want to kill them. Though. Right. They're going to be fine. No, I think they're all right. Yeah. yeah. If they yeah. haven't been killed yet, they're fine. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's an exciting life, though. Have you sat back and thought, like, wow, I... Um, yeah, so when we, when we do the round table and sit everybody down and we all start writing these stories out, right? Yeah. And the one, one, one player... Yeah. Because everyone, every guy in our crew that goes out and has one of these stories that come back, that's the best part. It's like, man, tell me what happened. I don't... I mean, yeah, I had a rough one, but let me hear you. Your yeah. story, bro. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, I like it, though. Yeah. You know, Good, like, right? even, even, if, even if I'm just sitting in a room telling my buddies the story, like, that's what I like to do. Yeah. Just kind of, like, tell stories. And, like, I remember there was a, uh, when my dad was still in, before he retired, my brother was in range design. My brother was in, uh. Somalia and Mogadishu, but he wasn't there with Bravo Company. He was in a different company that basically got deployed there after Bravo Company got like, you know, so many killed and wounded that they were non-mission capable. So they sent his company. <clears throat> but right around the time that was happening, you know, we we're seeing all this stuff happen on the news. And I remember watching the news with my dad and just the look on my dad's face. And he's like, these guys are in history. You know what I mean? These guys are going to remember this stuff for the rest of their lives. These guys yeah. are going to take this and, you know, then during, you know, the Iraq invasion, I remember my dad saying the same thing. Like, this is history. You're a part of history right now. Like, remember that. Like, remember these stories. Like, write this stuff down, mm-hmm. which I never did because I'm a dumb kid at the time. But yeah. I think that stuff is really, really important. And yeah. we have to, you know, we have to as our generation, like, there's, a, I think in the, especially in the soft community, there's some toxic humility, right? Mm-hmm. Where people are like, Oh, I'm a oh yeah, sure. You know, where it's like, hey, dude, no, like we need to tell these stories. They're going to benefit our kids. They're going to benefit all the youngsters that are coming up in our jobs. They're mm-hmm. going to benefit everybody. Like, and if you it's don't our... tell them, it gets twisted by the other side. Yeah, yeah. And and it's that should not happen. There's enough guys like you, and I mean, there's plenty of people that should be telling people that are good at writing and good at getting their stories out, not just theirs, but other people's too. Mm-hmm. get them out because yeah. otherwise the truths will be twisted yeah. by the people that don't believe or don't want to believe in what's happening. Yeah. And I, you know, you get, especially the Ranger community, you get a lot of people, oh, you shouldn't talk about, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, did you like band of brothers? Did yeah. you watch that? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I loved it. Like, well, where would we be if, if those guys hadn't written that story? That yeah, story's not for you. It's for... Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's for the next generation. Yeah. I mean, that was one of the things at the time of um, Lone Survivor. You know, a lot of the guys were like, this should be Oh, yeah. Whatever. can't imagine. And I'm like, yeah. this is going to be the next generation's yeah. Saving Private Ryan, Band of Brothers, you know, big... It's helping the next generation. Exactly. And it's honoring the men that we lost. Mm-hmm. And that was the most important thing out of all of it. It was to honor them. But you don't think about the impact. And we've actually been able to see it because now there's been several years that have passed 
and we have physically seen and met some of the young men that have gone into the SEAL teams or even to uh, the Army because they watched Lone Survivor yeah. and they're like, we wanted to be, or the Air Force, they wanted to be the helicopter pilot that goes in and pulls them out. They want to be the um, Rangers or the Green Braves that walk through the mountains and pull somebody out. And we've met these kids yeah. and they've done deployments. Yeah, It's been that long where we're actually seeing the fruits of that labor yeah. of that movie. And it's so amazing. We were in Coronado like a year ago and we're there with our kids, showing our kids for the first time, like Coronado. Yeah. And and our kids, Marcus doesn't really like talk. I mean, he doesn't talk at all about um, his military life to the kids. And so, I mean, they know that he was a Navy SEAL, but they don't really know what that means. And they don't know what that looks like. So we're in Coronado and the guys, the bud students are carrying the boats over their head, running on the beach. And we're walking on the beach and Axe and I are like... Ah those guys look so cool. Dad, look at those guys. And I said, you know, dad was one of those guys. Yeah. And they're like, I didn't no, look cool he, doing it though. Like, no, <laughs> he wasn't. Pain. They couldn't believe it. They're like, no, he wasn't. And it was so cool for me to show our kids like that's actually, and dad did it on this beach yeah. with those same boats. Like yeah. that was, this is the real place. And then we're walking down the street in Coronado and this guy He's driving down the street, puts it in park, runs out, and he's like, are you Marcus Luttrell? <laughs> and Marcus is like, yeah. And he goes, I'm on team three, and I joined because of you. I That's just awesome. got back from my second deployment, and we're like... I was like, sorry, man. I didn't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. I didn't mean to bring you into this life. How's that trouble? Yeah, yeah. How's that treat you? so cool to see How's that, that working out for you, pal? Yeah. Like yeah. that was an inspiration, you know, for that young man. And I mean, I just, I don't know. I think that that is so cool. And there does need to be real life history shown by us, by the communities that, that experienced it. And yeah. everybody should be telling their stories or finding people to tell them for them. Yeah. Or tell them for yeah. them. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's so, what this is. Yeah. We yeah. are grateful for you telling yeah, people's stories. And I mean, it's, if you don't do it, someone AOC will be. Yeah. It will be completely oh, different. How, how, so how does everybody keep up with you, follow you, track you down? What do you got coming up? Uh, coming up, a uh, big thing we're doing, uh, me and a few team guys and uh, Logan Stark are doing the 777 expedition. So we're starting the first of the year. We're jumping the seven continents, uh, one skydiving to each of the seven uh -huh. continents, uh, hopefully in seven days. Um, and we're doing that to raise awareness and funds for the Folds of Honor Foundation, uh, who give education uh, grants to Gold Star kids of military and now also first responder uh, kids. They moved it, moved it over to them too now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I I really got on board with that one because I I really believe that like I mean we've been out of the Afghanistan a year now and everybody's forgot. So like, where are those kids going to be? You know, who are like you know, an eight year old kid right now who's, whose dad got killed three years ago. Yeah. No one's going to care about that kid in, in 10 years when it comes time for him to go to school. So we're trying to raise as much, as much awareness and as much money for them as possible. They have a big chunk of change in the bank to, to support all those kids as, as they get to college age. So, um, legacy expeditions.net is where that is, or just look up legacy expeditions, triple seven. So um, who's jumping? Uh, Mike Srelli, 
myself, Andy Stump. Uh, you got Andy on board. Yeah. Uh, Eric Prince is coming. Um, Logan Stark from Black Rifle. And a couple other guys who I can't remember. Who aren't, they're not on social media anyway. They don't care. And so are you, are like, are all of y'all jumping together in seven, on seven mm-hmm. continents or you're tag teaming it? No, we're all going together. You're all yeah. going together. So we, we start the clock in Antarctica. So we're going to go down to, mm. yeah, it's going to be, whew. it's summer down there though. So it's only oh, going to be, great. it's only like negative 45 on the deck. Oh, it should be good then. <laughs> yeah. Negative 75 at altitude. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We just interviewed Balmy. a guy that, um, walked a, Across, right? Yeah. Walked across Antarctica with Dude, with a just sled. with a three hundred and forty five pound sled. Hold it. And um took you how many months? It was it th- two or three months. What? Andrew, do you remember? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Was he getting like airdrops? No, no, no airdrops. So the sled had all of his he started with everything he had gear. Wow. Yeah. And he had to make it um, by a certain time or he would have run out of everything that he had. And he had announced that he was, he's one of these guys that's like, he wants to be a world record breaker of like all things. Yeah. And, um, he had announced it. And apparently when he announced that he was going to do this big trek across Antarctica, um, somebody else from another country had also said that they were going to do it. Um, it had never been done before. And I think it had been talked about or whatever. So he realized He's gonna. He has to do it before the other guy, or else he doesn't break the record. They're dropped in on the same day, like a couple of miles apart from each other, and so he realized at that point it became a race. It wasn't just Jeez. him doing it. He had to beat this other guy, and that was a British I SAS. I would have just ambushed him. Yeah, broke his <laughs> leg or something. It was a fifty-four day. Popcorn over there. Yeah. <laughs> 54 day journey. Yeah, 54. Yeah, oh, that's, 54 that's wild. So he, but he did it, and he he beat the British S- SAS guy. Yeah, 932 awesome. miles, wow. self-supported. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. insanity. Okay. Colin O'Brady. Colin O'Brady. O'Brady. Yeah, incredible. Uh, yeah, he's a hard man. Like a- athlete, I guess you would call that. I don't know. What you yeah, call he does that. like a lot of stuff too, like Everest climbs and yeah, yeah, they're. That's that's like a gene that with somebody. Yeah, yeah. You know, extremist. The, the, the mountain boys. Yeah. Yeah, extremist. Yeah. He's he's got an incredible just like just who he is. Like the the way he thinks, I guess, is just really neat. Um yeah, that's crazy. So you're doing Antarctica. Yeah, it goes Antarctica, uh Chile, Spain, Egypt, UAE, Australia back here oh my gosh and people can go online and like sponsor y'all donate or how yeah does that if they work? go to legacyexpeditions.net uh there's a link on there to donate <laughs> and we're trying to raise seven million dollars um so yeah and then once once we go live and we get a little closer there'll be like you know where you can follow along and we have a documentary film crew with us to That's gonna be fun to, when's to that happening that. we start day one of the expeditions on the first of the year Oh my gosh, that's so neat! Are y'all gonna live stream some of y'all's actual jumps? Yeah, yeah, oh, that'll be cool. Yeah, we're gonna make it as interactive as possible. Um, and yeah, thank God for go. Thank God for GoPros, man. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully we have. Uh, hopefully the weather and and just flights in general cooperate, and we can bang it out in seven days. But yeah, it'll be interesting for sure. 
So they can follow along through Folds of Honor or just through the seven, the legacy expeditions? Yeah, through legacy expeditions. Through and legacy. Folds of Honor is the, the nonprofit. But there's okay. a link for Folds of Honor on the legacy awesome. expedition site. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And then anybody that wants to watch all the Black Rifle antics, just yes. put us into your YouTube machine and check out all the cool so it's just stuff black and rifle stuff. on youtube yeah blackrifle.com and then or blackriflecoffee.com i'm sorry and then uh yeah if you just subscribe to our channel on youtube too and yeah we put out put out like one long form video a week um ranging from like funny stuff motorsports stuff lifestyle stuff um a couple months ago we did one day evan and all of us went and did aff and got free fall qualified yeah. uh we had clint trial out i don't know if you know clint uh-uh. uh former marine double amputee um and we had clint come out and do his first skydive oh, post cool. post injury so we did a, a really cool little documentary about that and like clint's life and just what an awesome dude he That's is cool, so man. Be a good future guest here yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely cool. clint's yeah you know those people you meet and you're like God, I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> like just because yeah. they're just such good, good, good dudes. It's, yeah. it's plant trial. And, so yeah, appreciate you coming out and showing me what a not good human being I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah as if I needed that. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you. Yeah, so bro. Much thanks for again, man. It's been a blast, dude. Seriously. Tell people, everybody, Andrew. Tell people, plug it in. Legacy expeditions. Absolutely. We'll put it in the description on YouTube. Show notes on Apple Podcasts. All that fun stuff. Yes. Red. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Awesome.